This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. As we check on the Colorado Avalanche at the All-Star break, the absent three All-Stars, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Alexander Georgiev, there we have an opportunity to kind of get a State of the Union a little bit from a man who covers the team for the Denver Gazette and is there all the time. That is Kyle Fredrickson. Kyle, it's a delight to have you, obviously, and it is an all-star break for the Avs that could use a little bit of rest, but I guess before we uh, dig too deeply, basically, can we get your thoughts on, with the addition of Zach Parise, what do you think the Avalanche looked like going into the break compared to what you think they may look coming out of it? Yeah, I think Zach Parise gives them depth, and not only depth, uh, veteran leadership, sort of an, an instant boost of a guy uh, who commands respect in, in the dressing room. And, you know, for for this being the, the Avs' first move, uh, I guess before the trade deadline, it's it's not the sexiest one. Zach Parise, you know, he, he's going to get a little bit of top six minutes, you know, potentially as the lineup it fluctuates with, with injuries and, and what have you. You know, he's, he played the 82-game season uh, the past two years for the Islanders. So even though he's 39, he's he's got a little durability. Um, but he can jump up in the lineup, and, and they'll, they're going to feel comfortable uh, with wherever he is uh, for this team. So, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about uh, the absence that this team has right now with down the Chushkin. They need winger help, uh, and there's not really any timeline on, on when we're expecting Val to be back in the team. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, it's, it's a savvy move by, by Chris McFarlane being GM and, and thinking about what are the holes that I can plug uh, as this team moves along before the trade deadline, um, you know, granted they're, you know, tops in the division, they're playing really well, they have the likely MVP, but you always have to be on the lookout for, for ways to improve. And, you know, I, if I had to guess, this probably isn't their last move, or at least they're they're doing a lot of homework on guys as, as this period continues. As soon as the Avs announced the move with Parise, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that they weren't going to be in the trade sweepstakes for Elias Lindholm, who in fact does get traded to Vancouver. And I was kind of surprised at how much uh, Vancouver had to give up actually <laughs> for Lindholm. But obviously uh, there were uh, other teams interested in uh, Lindholm. Uh, all things considered, given the trade that was actually made, uh, what do you think? Would the Avalanche, did the Avalanche get presented with a proposal that, that it was just too much? They had to give up too much, or they would have had to yeah. give up too much. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to me, it's it's a signal that Vancouver's all in, right? They oh, see this hot start yeah, they have. They, they think that maybe this is a missing piece. But, you know, I think like I, I said when I chatted with you guys last week, it's just McFarland isn't the guy who's going to stretch in a trade. You know, the Avs always seem to come out on the other side of this, these deals as, as a team that, you know, they did their homework and, and, and they didn't give up too much for whatever they're getting. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways that shows that maybe the Avs were never that serious of a contender to get Lindholm. You know, I've, I've written that a few times that he would yep. be a great well, you were right. for that second home right. center. But, but, yeah, I just, you know, at, at this point, um, you know, it, it seems to me the Avs have, have probably moved on to, to other options at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, the hall was, uh, the, they basically, the Canucks gave up on Andres Kuzmenko, who's with them on the NHL level. Who two was of their good best, once. Yeah, two of their best uh, prospect defensemen, yeah. Hunter Bruskevich and, and Yoni Yermo, a 2024 first-round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. That's I mean, that is three, you know, a, an NHLer, two top prospects, a first-rounder, and a fourth. Now, For I understand. That, by the way, is a rental. Right, he's a rental. Right. And I understand he scored 42 goals a couple years ago, but he has nine goals right now. And I heard right. a prospective trade with the Avs the other day that seemed ludicrous to me. That involved Logan O'Connor. He scored 13 goals. <laughs> why would you make that? Why would you make that move for for a young, fast two-way player? And I, I Lindholm's not ancient. He's 29 years old, and maybe he gets back to that 42 goal form. But that that struck me as kind of like a Nazem Kadri career year with the Avalanche. Uh, you know, he's not going to go for 42 goals and 40 assists again. In his right, career, right. so you're just not going to give up that much for him. Um, it, it, obviously, the door is shut on Lindholm. Do you see any possibility that the Avalanche would pursue rental or otherwise any other center who might fit the description of a second line center? Do you sense that that is totally off the board, or is there still a possibility that they might move to get someone? who would fit that bill. Yeah, I think the one name that I've seen, and, you know, I I don't pretend to know what's going through Chris McFarland's head right now, but Sean Monahan with the Canadians is, has been a guy who's really kind of in that same category as right. home of a guy who, hey, he could be a, a difference maker on a better team. He's putting up big numbers. But I almost wonder if, if, if Monahan sees, you know, the deal that Lindholm get, is got and is thinking, all right, you know, I, I'm going to lick my chops here in, in, in terms of, of, of what I'm going to get. Or I, I should say what the Canadians are going to get in return. Well, yeah, the um, Canadians are you know, thrilled with the Lindholm trade because it makes Monahan more valuable. Right, right. So, again, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, what are the Avalanche willing to give up, what, you know, is Bo Byram a player who's on the table or not? You know, it's, it's going to take, I think, quite a bit to, to get a big-name center to come in here and be a guy that really excites Avalanche fans. So, um, to me, you know, he might be the last, you know, clear option who's out there. It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, there's a, a ton of available guys who fit this bill right now. Um, but if it doesn't end up being here, you know, uh, with Monahan coming to the Avalanche, I could see this team riding it out with the guys they have, trying to make Johansson work, potentially even, you know, maybe putting Miko Rantanen at second line center. It's, it's a position that he's played in the past, not as much. Uh, and you hate to do that just because of how well that top line is playing right now. But the Avs have a lot of options. And, you know, I think getting creative 
with Rantanen as one of them. And boy, do they just need game Blandiscock back for the, from the playoffs, uh, if potentially coming off of his knee surgery, because that would also just bring so much more depth to this lineup. But to me, Monahan's maybe one guy who, who could really change things. Kyle, is, is getting one of those forwards more important than backup goaltending help? Because it seems to me that, that the workload that Georgiev has, has had has been substantial. I mean, obviously, he does lead uh, the league in, in wins because he's also played the most games. He's played the most minutes in net. But you look at some of the uh, the more advanced metrics, goals saved above the expected. Uh, he's 29th in the league. It's, it's, it's one of those seasons where the wins all look really good, but a lot of the underlying numbers indicate he's not having his best season, and some of that may be due to overuse. They, they tried to work with the Ananen and bring him up. Now with Prozvatov kind of falling into, if Jared Bednar has a doghouse, Prozvatov is in it. Uh, what are the abs Falling into disfavor. Uh, disfavor, maybe. that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah. is, is that maybe the primary target, is finding goaltending help, and where could that conceivably come from? Yeah, I mean, if it comes at a value, I, that that is something that uh, you could see the the Avalanche being interested in. I am a little bit confused why they don't give Justice Anunin a little bit more run. It seems like every time he's gotten a chance to come up with the team, it's been just one or two games. It's never been a, I think, a, a real big you know section where we can you know analyze it. can this guy play in the NHL or not. Um, so maybe they give him a, a better chance, but if you're looking for goal, you know, goalie goalies on this market, I even saw, you know, somebody float Mark Andre Fleury as a guy We've discussed to come it. in yeah. And, and yeah, you know, be, being a, an, another veteran, you know, he's going to want to win a cup, you know, not unlike Zach Parise, a, a guy who's late in his career and thinks, Hey, I, right. I, I want to be a champion. Right. So, you know, that, that, that's a name that, that comes to mind as well, but you know, th- there's probably a bunch of other middling players who to me. I just wonder if they're that big of an upgrade over a Prosvitov or a, a Justice Anonin. Um I will say Prosvitov, you know, the, the last time I talked to him, uh, just to get a little bit of background on a feature about Alexander Georgiev, um, he was very confident. You know, he even told me that he felt like the last time that he got pulled from a game that it, it was kind of unjust and he, he felt like he was yeah. still playing well. So from his end of things, you know, the, the confidence isn't shaken there at all. So, wouldn't be shocked to see him, you know, get a game or two on this big road trip when the abs come off the break here. Um, but there are a lot of decisions ahead there. And, you know, I, I don't know that Edmund or, or Prozvatov have been so terrible that you just think, you know, that this is an absolute must for the team. But if they can upgrade and feel like they give Gorgiev a little bit more of a break, to your point, maybe some of those metrics start going up because he isn't in the net every single night. Right. Um, you know, just a, just a mental toll. Uh, of going through that, it's got to be tough for a position where you just need a little bit of a break. You know, it, it, 18 quality starts sounds pretty good, right? Uh, 18 right. out of 40, not so good. <laughs> when the average in the league is, I think, 53%. Uh, I did want to make one point, though, about the lineup. There are only two regulars, and I'm not including Lekkanen because he, he's played so few games. Only two regulars who are minus players this year. Byram at minus three, Johansson at minus six. Not surprising that it would be those two. But everybody else, I mean, Gerard zero, Druen zero, but everybody else is plus among the regulars. And a, a Malinsky, who's now sitting, uh, he's plus four in a, in a handful of games. And uh, 10 points. <laughs> and, and, and not many more than 10 games played. So I, I look up and down the lineup, and I, I I honestly, if if they're at all healthy, I don't see a lot of holes. And I also notice that their goal differential is fourth in the league. 
behind only Vancouver at plus 59, Boston plus 45, and Winnipeg at plus 39. The Avs are plus 37. Fundamentally, there isn't really a lot wrong. You can pick on certain areas like the goaltending, but the main problem with goaltending is the guy's playing too much. It isn't that. Yeah, it's not the goaltender is wrong. It's not the goaltender. Right. It's the workload that that goaltender is carrying. And, uh, you know, I I know Winnipeg has games in hand, a higher point percentage, but the Avs are in first place at the All-Star. It's really, it's a heck of a coaching job by Jared Bednar. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if this guy maybe gets enough credit because, you know, as for as much as we sort of dissect the holes in this roster, the fact that they're playing the way they are is a, is a credit to the culture they've established. It's a credit to, you know, the young players who are coming up and, and making a difference. It's the farm system. Um, it's just, to me, a very healthy franchise right now, even with a lot of unknowns. And, you know, it's, it reminds me a little bit of last year and the way that this team finished the regular season and won the Central Division. And all of us reporters were sort of looking at each other like, how are they doing this every night with this roster? And, you know, it was the Stars carrying them. It was Miko Rantanen doing it every night. Um, but I'll just be curious to see what it's like this year once they get to the playoffs. Because like a year ago, you know, it felt like that team kind of ran out of gas because they just gave it all they had in the regular season. And, and now you've got Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon, you know, playing 23, 25, 27 minutes a night sometimes. Um, you know, we'll just see if it's a sustainable model. But certainly right now that's, you know, we're nitpicking, you know, over the last 20 some games, they're 16, five and one, you know, they, they're just, they're, they're when they get hot, they, they get streaky as well. It's two, two wins in a row, four wins in a row. Um, you know, it just makes you feel pretty good about their confidence level, uh, you know, coming out of this break, but man, that's a long time not to play hockey. Even for me, it, it feels like I haven't been in a ball arena in a month at this point. Uh, just because they're they're there so often uh, when they're playing, but yeah, well, uh, if that rhythm catches on and, and they keep it going like they are now, you know, maybe the second line center isn't such a big issue. You know, maybe um, you know the way that LOC and and Ross Colton and Miles Wood that, that those guys are playing that that's good enough on a championship team. I mean, and if you look at the you know the past twenty games or so, I would say that they are right now. And you think about a, a, a second line that also could be somebody centering Arturi Lekanen and Valeri Nachushkin went healthy, and that's obviously impressive as well. The Avs did not rush Sam Girard, and they will not rush Nachushkin, but obviously uh, having him be away from the team during the All-Star break is basically buying themselves some extra time in which his uh, loss is not felt. Is there any indication as to when Nachushkin may be back with the Avs, knowing there is just about uh, five weeks till the trade deadline? Yeah, at this point, there's no real update beyond what the team has said initially, which is indefinite. And, and to your point, given him as much time as he needs, you know, I'm I'm not in Toronto for the All Star break, but once the team does come back, um, I'll be out uh, in New York and New Jersey for for a back to back that they play uh, to get things going. And that's really our next chance to to ask Jared, right? I, I think at that point. Um, the maybe the narrative is whether or not the Avs have been in touch with Val, right? I think that's important, um, you know, from the franchise's point of view, just to understand where he's at, what he needs to do to get back. And as long as that, you know, communication is, is open and flowing and the Avs feel good about, you know, where Val is and his progress, you know, I, I wouldn't say there's too much concern. It's, it's been impressive the way that this team has rallied without him on the, on the, in the lineup. I, I don't have those numbers right in front of me. 
Um, but they've just been humming and, and the way they've been playing. And man, Logan O'Connor uh, just having a career year. It's, it's, it's been special to watch that, especially as a guy who has always been lauded for his habits and his work ethic, but it usually didn't you know, translate to the score sheet. Yeah, that wasn't sort of what you expected from him, but for him to be chipping in goals the, the way that he has is, is added to the season and really, um, you know, is, is, a, is a call out to the, the depth. You know, it's, it's not showing up on every night. You know, there's nights when McKinnon's got to score four, but we've seen in other games, um, you know, other guys can, can step up and, and make a difference too. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, in the playoffs, uh, that means everything. And, and as you've pointed out, a lot of that also can be traced back to coaching, in which Jared Bednar is never one of Jack Adams. The idea is that maybe he's just not getting the credit he deserves. And, and the development of guys like Logan O'Connor, that's part of it as well. You want to stay in touch with the Avs. You want to make sure you follow Kyle Kyle Fredrickson. It's F-E-F-R-E-D-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, or Fred Rick Son, not Fred Durick Son. Make sure you can follow him on social that way. And, of course, you can catch him at the Denver Gazette as the Colorado Avalanche's lead writer. He's with the team, and that's why it's a treat to get to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time, Kyle. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, wonderful. Thanks. Good to talk to Kyle about that. And uh, uh, he's right about the idea. They do They do have some time because the, the deadline is March 8th. Right. So and About a month after the NBA trade. You deadline. do feel that Nachushkin will likely be back before that. You would think so. And enough that maybe you have a week or two of the team all together to get a feel for it and decide with with Parise as well, who, you know, will step in immediately. And maybe you'll have a a week or two when Nachushkin gets back that health, notwithstanding that everyone's there and you can feel it. And then the Avs can focus and say, what do we really need? Because I think you hit it on the head. There isn't something where you look at it and there's this, gaping hole and say, okay, this is a massive problem that will absolutely sink them when they get to the playoffs. There really isn't one. Uh, it's it's really the the fatigue for Georgiev, because when the playoffs start, you ride your top guy. That's it. And if he if he's at least fresh enough in the playoffs, and, and they're healthy. They're, they're ridiculously deep on defense, as you pointed out, Malinsky, now back with the Eagles right now <laughs> and looks plenty NHL ready. He's ready. Uh, Caleb, Jones, Caleb is, Jones is absolutely uh-huh. ready to contribute and has. So they're really they're eight deep in in defense. Which well, that's what Bednar talked about the other case day. Sometimes yeah. if there's a trade, where, where are sure. you? Where are you heavy? That eight, could be it. He he didn't say six defensemen are now playing well. They have eight together. He said eight. He didn't say six. He said eight. And uh, by the way. Uh, speaking of the way they finished last year and where they are right now at the All-Star break, and at this time last year at the All-Star break, they were fighting to get into the right. right? They weren't in first place. 63-21-7 in their last 91 games. In the regular season, 63-21-7. I'm not a math major, but that's three (laughs) times as many wins as regulation losses. It is, uh, yeah, it's good. It's That's pretty close to 750 hockey that they're playing, and nobody in the National Hockey League is anywhere near 750 in winning percentage, not even Vancouver, Boston, or Winnipeg. It is uh, really, really good. And then for the uh, Avalanche, of course, Nathan McKinnon and Cale McCarr, uh, co-captains on the four teams in which the NHL handles its all-star weekend. The uh, draft for that, they did a, Playground-style draft happened literally while we were talking to Kyle. So uh, when we come back, we'll give you uh, the uh, team for McKinnon 
and McCarr, let you know who they'll be skating with in All-Star Weekend and uh, see if they have a chance to at least uh, win themselves a little extra cash. Uh, no, Bowen Byram doesn't get $100,000 if Kill McCarr wins the skill contest, but uh, it would certainly be a little feather in the cap because, you know, if you're going out there and you're playing, you might as well win. We'll see what McKinnon and McCarr did next on Miley Sports. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Up in Toronto, the uh, NHL All-Star Weekend begins. The players made their uh, playground-type picks <laughs> of, of the four teams. And keep in mind, there are four teams. They kind of play a little round-robin tournament. And the uh, we'll give you who the Avalanche Stars pick because the uh, two co-captains uh, team McKinnon with the assistant captain, Kale McCarr. So the Avalanche end up picking with uh, you have a celebrity captain, uh, singer Tate McRae, who was the uh, Avs. So I guess, you know, they'll, you have a cheering section there. Sidney Crosby was their first selection. So the Cole Harbor boys, McKinnon and Crosby, get to play together on the ice. I don't know which one's going to play wing, but I guarantee you they'll be on the ice at the same time because uh, both of them would love to be able to do that. If you saw, you see the player survey the other day, I think the athletic ran it. Mm-hmm. And uh, McCon- uh, you, you had uh, the expected uh, vote for best player, but there were a lot of comments. Connor McDavid, uh, far and away, uh, right. getting the vote. But a number of players were quoted, and honestly, obviously, saying, that, but right now it's Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Right now it's Nathan McKinnon. Now, long term, yeah, Connor McDavid who stacked great seasons, one right on top of the other uh, for many, many years. But then McKinnon. And you know what else got to mention? Sidney Crosby. Crosby. He still is held in very, very he's high got, regard. He's got 50 points on the year. By his peers. Yeah, in 46 games. The, their next pick, they grabbed their teammate, Georgiev, who will yep. be in net. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, the terrific winger from Minnesota. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, center for the yep. Hurricanes selected. Winger great Tom player. Wilson from the Capitals. Uh, Jeremy Swayman, the 
goalie, which the Avalanche are yeah. recently familiar with. Probably having a better year than Boston. Uh, he is having a better year than Georgiev. Travis Konechny of the Flyers, uh, the newly traded Elias Lindholm. Yeah, uh, with the he's Canucks. on the team. And then they picked up uh, this team anyway. One of the fellas that made life difficult for them at the end of last year, Oliver Bjorkstrand, yeah, the right winger for the Kraken. So that will be uh, the team for McCarr and McKinnon in the round robin. And obviously there's talent galore, so who knows how that'll turn out. McKinnon and McCarr will also compete in the skills competition where they'll compete in a couple of the different ones. McCarr will be involved in the fastest skater competition with uh, um, you're talking about uh, Barzal and McDavid yeah. and, oh. and Hughes. I don't know if McCarr is going to win that, but he'll he'll be in it. Uh, Nathan McKinnon will be in the stick handling competition, which uh, he could certainly be good at. McKinnon will also be in the one-timers competition and the passing challenge, accuracy shooting. McCarr and McKinnon will both take place in that. The way that works is everybody gets a number of points where they get the standings in all of these events. And then if you're in the top eight, you'll get into the shootout. If you're in the top uh, six, you'll get into the obstacle course. And uh, the top guy will end up getting a million bucks. So uh, you're talking about some serious incentive, even for the money these guys make. That's uh, that's chunk change. So uh, the skills competition has been part of the NHL for a really, really long time. You know, that's uh, that's obviously a big part of the the equation with the NHL. They've had it forever, but it's it's a good break for the Avs. It's a showcase. It's nice for their players to have it. I'm not worried about. Uh, Georgiev's workload when you're talking about all-star appearances. That doesn't really matter all that much necessarily. But for the Avs, it's 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 a lot of fun. And it's the recognition, as you pointed out. McKinnon, you know, at the moment, probably the, the leader of the clubhouse to win the Hart Trophy and another opportunity to showcase. But this weekend is also the NFL skills competition with the Pro Bowl. And you roll your eyes like, I'm, I will I'm, not be watching. I'm a sentence in and Sandy's rolling his eyes already. Okay, so here would be my question then. The NHL's t- skills competition is fun. They've done it for forever. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the break. I remember uh, Ally Afraidy with his you know, textbook hockey mullet, you know, ripping 105 mile per hour slap shots. People having fun, you know, winging it at styrofoam plates in the corner. It's been there for decades. Why not the NFL skills competition? That could be fun too, oh, right? I, I, I don't mind it. I, I'm just not going to watch it. Uh, I, I don't mind it as a concept. I mean, the game is flag football game now. Uh, I don't mind the skills competition. I don't feel any need to watch it. And, and, and I think the extraordinary skill of the hockey players is something that people don't fully appreciate. So I, I enjoy watching that and and sitting there marveling at the variety of skills these guys have. And uh, again, uh, to, to play the fastest game in the world uh, with all kinds of contact and risk associated with it. I, I you know, the all-star game is, well, there's no you know, checking. It's so it's, uh, there's no checking. They, yeah. You can't hit people. So it's not really hockey as we know it, but uh, skills competition is uh, Wow, you, you see some breathtaking stuff, and I'm not sure that's true with the NFL yeah. skills. I don't know that your breath is taken. I away. don't think in, in the NFL. I think they're still, I think they're still finessing that, right? Because because some of it is almost barring for the old quarterback challenge that was actually fun, you know, a long time ago that John Elway and Steve Young and Dan Marino would be in, but. You know, some of them are hitting golf clubs or yeah. right? there's it some is, things like you know, a spectacular goofy. catch. Yeah, some of it's a little forced. But whereas you think about uh, 
your, your stick handling. Uh, yeah. Those obstacles, those are translatable skills. Right. I mean, it's almost as if you're being able to, to to see what they're doing in a game, but you can really isolate it and appreciate the the ability there because they they all fit. Right. And so I think that's that's the difference in it. You know, the game itself, like you said, it's 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 pond hockey. It's not a big deal. But for the Avalanche, after talking with Kyle Fredrickson coming back, I, it just feels to me that the Avs, it's it's not a it's not a would be nice to. I think they have to get a backup goaltender that Jared Bednar trusts because we just had Kyle Fredrickson on. He talked about how how surprised he is that you know they brought up Ananen, but they don't really get him into no. games. No. And if that's the case, you're like, well, why'd you bring him up? Why'd you bring him up? Prosvitov had been all right and then a disaster and hasn't been in since. Right. And and maybe a little delusional if he really believes that he was taken out of that one game unfairly and. Uh, has fallen into, as I said earlier, disfavor since. Uh, doesn't really know why. Uh, listen, I, I understand goaltender getting pulled. Uh, uh, he's not thrilled with that, and he's probably even less thrilled that uh, Bednar after the game went after him. Well, and then they promoted Annan on top and of then that. They promote Annan, but they, they promoted Annan. He's played in one game, but he played one game, and I think Georgiev you know, played in the next four. So right. I mean, it, right? It, so what it, all it that tells really me break. is that Bednar doesn't no. trust either one of them. No. And so if he, he doesn't, regardless of Ananen's prospect status, I think you, you might it's, it's find, find somebody you trust. And I think you have to do it. Most I don't, of these I don't think goaltenders it's aren't going to cost that much. Most of them. No. I, you know, Markstrom's out there. Are older. Markstrom's got two years left at $6 million per year. They're not getting Markstrom. But right. it, 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 a team that needs a starting goaltender is going after Markstrom. But there are a lot of guys out the there. The Evs are just going after bill. a reliable backup. That's all they're looking for. They're not looking for you to to go make a run and you know in the in the postseason you're not even going to play so but i but i think that to me is gone from the that's a curiosity to full red alert the abs have to make a trade they have to do it i i don't think there's any option anymore you have to go get a backup goaltender that jared bednar is comfortable in putting in net two nights in a row because until he is Alexander Georgiev is not going to get the rest that he needs, and we've seen what happened. He's been, at, quite frankly, a very average goaltender this year that happens to have a lot of wins because he started so many games for a good offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you, you can do this with virtually any sport on an individual basis. You take how he's performed in the wins versus how he's performed in the losses, and it's kind of night and day. Yeah. Well, that goes without when saying. When he's bad, really bad. Uh, naturally, when you're losing. It's not going and, to full and May the way West, the but... Avalanche have lost games this year on occasion in a very one-sided manner, uh, yeah, his numbers are going to be awful uh, in in the games he's played in, the Avalanche have lost. And the, in the wins, and there have been more regular wins lately, they're, they're playing a little better. Uh, the Avalanche, another one. Uh, those teams, though, that really, I don't know that they've had a great month yet. They haven't had a bad month. No, I mean, they, they, no, they, they have they, not. They, they've been steady, uh, steady enough to be fourth in the NHL in point percentage. And out of 32 teams, that's not bad. That's not bad. And it's not that much different than the position the Nuggets find themselves in in the NBA. The difference is the Nuggets won a championship a little more recently than the Avalanche uh, yeah. by one year. And so I think there's a natural recency bias to say with the Nuggets, and we've both said it, although we, they're fine. 
They're, yes. they're absolutely fine. There's no big holes, uh, but you, have, you, know, you have to do it. They, against the other four teams among the top five teams in the NBA, and the Nuggets definitely a top five team, the Nuggets are two and five. Who's worried about that? Are you worried that they're one and three against Oklahoma City? I'd still pick them in a playoff series. Playoff With or series. without home court advantage, sure. I'd still pick the Nuggets. Yep. Are you worried that they got hammered by the Knicks? Well, that was one game at the end of a long road trip, and the Knicks are red hot, uh, maybe even hotter than the Clippers are yeah, in the West. They're close. And, uh, you know, losing to the Knicks, especially at Madison Square Garden, is not any real disgrace at this point. Uh, the Avalanche are kind of the same way. They're 7-5-2 and two in their own division. Now, are you bothered by that? Eh, they should be better. They've lost a game to Chicago. They've lost a game to Nashville. They haven't beaten Nashville yet. They've only played in one game. Uh, yeah, I, I, they should be better in 7-5-2, but then they're 13-3-1 against the Pacific. They will start the post-All-Star break part of their schedule on a six-game road trip. So, I mean, they will get it going, and it will not be easy. So, focus. It, it won't be easy, but the teams they're playing aren't playing well. New Jersey has yeah, goaltending New York, issues. New Jersey. The Rangers are in a bad slump. It isn't. I don't think it's not murderous. It's road. not much tougher than the last Eastern trip they were on when they had Ottawa and Montreal, right? As one of, as two of their. But there's no Boston on that on that part either. So that nope. so six road not games even to close. start it off. But it does mean that the Avs have to make sure that they will focus, and that's one of the things that you want to make sure that when they come out of the break. Sometimes you've been sitting for a while, and it's it's hard to stay sharp. But you have to come back, and you have to be right at it, and that means you have to be in the right mental frame of mind. And Dr. Apure can get you there. Uh, the preeminent performance psychologist. We do our Wellness Wednesdays with Dr. Perea. Check up from the neck up, 5.30 every Wednesday afternoon right here on My High Sports Radio. Uh, you can also listen to it in podcast form. Uh, get your checkup from the neck up every Wednesday and on any other day you choose to listen to the podcast. Uh, you listen to the former psychologist, the world champion Denver Broncos back in 2015, shortly thereafter with the Rockies uh, during a period when the Rockies were actually playing very good baseball. And he was a part of the current world champion Denver Nuggets several years ago uh, with a lot of the same personalities, uh, coaches and players, who are excelling today for the Nuggets. Dr. P also helps middle and high school performers to reach peak, uh, peak levels. Whether you're an everyday performer at work, at play, or at school, call Dr. P today at 720-287-0933. That's 720-287-0933. Or look them up at Dr. P at think1number4u.org. That's think1number4u.org. Well, the Denver Broncos, of course, have a critical offseason in their faces. That'll be this. right now. It's uh, challenging, especially when you look at the quarterback position post Russell Wilson. What will the Broncos do? Where will all these quarterbacks land? Well, the folks over at ESPN, their NFL Nation group, put some things together, including Jeff Legwald, of course, longtime coverage here at the Broncos. Put it this way. Um, I hope you like career backups, Broncos fans, because that may be where <laughs> that they're may headed. Be the best you can do. We'll talk about it next on My Life Sports. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. 
Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Kind of a toasty day in Denver today. You know, it's winter, but the Colorado home market's been crazy for years. That means it'll heat up even more. Talk to my friends Dave and Mark at Key Real Estate Group's Luxury Home Team. When I say Colorado's Luxury Home Team, it doesn't mean you're talking about a luxury home, although you can certainly do that. It's about the service, the high-end luxury service that you get, whether you're buying or selling. And when you want to talk to them because you need experts that know Colorado's market. They have the highs and the lows, and you need two things with that. Experience, and you need stability. Key Real Estate Group is as steady as it gets. They're a privately held company with more than 25 years in the exact same offices. Inventory still low around the Denver metro area. So homes that are priced right sell fast, especially now it's starting to warm up a little bit. People are poking around on the weekends. Let Dave and Mark give you a free valuation, and even though it may cool off again, that's fine. You put up your home and sale in the cold winter months. You think you're not supposed to do that, but guess what? The buyers in the winter are more serious. They're looking to buy right now, so there's no reason to wait. Call my friends Dave and Mark. Let them represent you to make sure you're getting everything you deserve. They're at the Key Real Estate Group at 720-900-LIST. That's 720-900-LIST. Or visit them today at keyrealestategroup.com. Well, the Denver Broncos are going to want someone that's going to be looking for a new place because they need to bring in another quarterback. Jared Stidham's not doing it. And the idea, of course, for I think most fans is you're going to get a rookie. They have their mindset on... Bo Nix or, or Michael Penix Jr. or J.J. McCarthy, and you're thinking that's the guy that will lead you. Well, maybe not because it may be where they end up being lower first round or early second rounders. The Broncos don't have a second rounder. At 12, they may not go that way. The the folks over at ESPN's NFL Nation, Jeff Legwald, longtime Bronco reporter, part of that, took a look at where some of the quarterbacks ended, would end up. And we'll just today take a look at with the Broncos. They believe that Russell Wilson may end up as a good fit with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, which may end up very well being the case, quite frankly. And they have coming to Denver from the Colts, one Gardner Minshew, which would certainly be entertaining. Minshew magic. But could you imagine if you're the Denver Broncos? And he, here's my thought. Now, I'll, I'll just I'll just say this right here. Jeff Legwald wrote about it, how, how Minshew fits with the Broncos. The Broncos would be eating a big chunk of money after cutting Wilson. They're not picking high enough in the draft land. One of the top three options. They'll let right. Jared Stidham. In the second year of a two-year $10 million deal, uh, by the way, the second year is $7 million of that $10 million right. deal, Minshew fits, Pey- Minshew fits Peyton's offense well, pardon me, and has shown he can be a serviceable starter after leading the Colts to a nine-win season after Anthony Richardson went down. Minshew's younger than Jameis Winston and could be in Denver's price range. Right. The Broncos will be a cap-pinch team this season. Yes. I've mentioned Jameis Winston multiple times because Sean Payton likes Sean Payton's guys. That's been evident. It's been evident this week when he brought in a couple play, a couple not players, but front office people from the Saints over to the Broncos. I still think it will be Winston just because Sean Payton hasn't shown me that he doesn't just go get the guys that he's already worked with. Minshew would be intriguing now. At the same time, we're not talking about Broncos being championship contenders or even playoff contenders with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I don't. Oh, believe. of course not. Not in but, the but AFC they, West. They, they, there's no quarterback out there. It's we're talking about the rookies. Including the rookies, right. and I'm talking about all of them. Yeah, this is going to be a playoff Who would make team. the Broncos a but Super now you're Bowl back to team the, or even a playoff team? The Broncos are back to the 
Case Keenum, Teddy yeah. Bridgewater oh, sure. world work. where you're just grabbing veteran Patchwork. backups grab and that. throwing them in for grab a that. year? Just grab a guy for a year or two. Uh, everybody's a bridge quarterback until you find the magic. Uh, pardon the use of that and it's you magic, but find real magic in the draft. Well, the Broncos have never, strictly speaking, in their history, 64 years that would be, if yep. I'm counting correctly, they have never once drafted themselves and developed a quarterback. No. The closest they came was Mike Shanahan's selection of Jay Cutler, and that didn't last. I suppose you could say Josh McDaniels picked Tim Tebow, except when Tebow played, John Fox was the coach. Tebow is the only, by when the way. When Tebow played, by the way, Josh McDaniels had already been fired. Get this. Even Tim, at the end of 2010. Tim Tebow is the only quarterback that the Denver Broncos have drafted in their entire history. Right. Ever. To start and win a playoff game. True. Ever. True. That's the only time and that ever happened. One game ever later, one game after he started and won with his Broncos against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2011, he had played his last game in a Denver Bronco uniform. That was against New England the next week. He never played for the Broncos again. After winning that one playoff game, yep. he lasted one more playoff game which he was they got routed yep. in foxborough right. and he was done that was it never played again he was done here yeah he got a look-see elsewhere but never started uh, another game you, as a quarterback you may have been reminded of that of course he was dealt on to the jets uh philadelphia gave him a look with chip kelly tried him as a tight end yeah, and, yeah and all this nonsense ill-fated stuff uh it, it, he actually did better as a baseball player if anything than he did as a football player after that uh, 2011 season. But uh, in any case, it is uh, not a pretty picture. And uh, Sean Payne would be the first to tell you he had nothing to do with the first 63 Correct. years of Denver Broncos. I, I agree with you. Jay Cutler was the closest they, they ever found to finding a franchise quarterback. And that got interrupted because Mike Shanahan got fired. And I'm not saying that Shanahan um, should have been kept on. I am not saying that even Jay Cutler shouldn't have been traded the way he was because the new coach gets to pick his quarterback and the new coach knew and liked Matt Castle. Uh, he never was able to trade for him, but that's who he wanted to play quarterback here uh, in 2009. And he didn't hit it off with Cutler. Cutler didn't hit it off with him. It wouldn't have worked. Um, I had no trouble with the trade when it was made. I had, trouble the idea that there were some who should have known better who said it was all Cutler's fault when actually the only person speaking with, uh, as they say, forked tongue was McDaniels. Out of all the, yeah, the quarterbacks that have ever even had five wins for the Denver Broncos, Cutler by far the highest drafted, the 11th overall right. pick, by the way, in 2006. Only two quarterbacks the Broncos have ever drafted with more than five wins have ever had winning records. Brian yeah. Greasy, 27 and 24. And Trevor Simeon. 13 yeah. and 11 as a starter. Yeah, but I, right. I, I think of the way I think of the way that Sean Payton handled Russell Wilson, who has, uh, can we safely say, a much more significant body of work than Gardner Minshew. And in Wilson's case, 
going off script or any or, or improvising things like that seem to very often earn the wrath of Sean Payton. If Russell Wilson's improvisation bothered Sean Payton, don't ask me how he's going to yeah. be okay with Gardner Minshew. I I know and have great respect for Jeff Legwald. Um, I don't know how he reached the conclusion that Minshew would be a good fit. Sounds like it's just financial. Just because he's cheap. Uh, He'd come cheap. Fitting fitting Peyton's offense, he he fits it exactly like Russell Wilson did. He's basically the same quarterback as Russell Wilson. Just not as accomplished. Part of the deal with Minshew, if you're coaching him, is that, you know, he's one of those, no, 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 no. And on occasion, yes, yes, yes. But on occasion, no, no, no is followed by more no-no-nos and, figuratively speaking, pulling your hair out. Right. And if you I, have any hair. I just don't. Yeah, you don't have to make a bald joke just because I'm sitting here. That seems kind of cheap. Jeez. I, I wasn't <laughs> referring specifically to you in this case. It was referring to bald-headed coaches. Got it. Of okay. whom you are not one. Right. No, no, not a coach, unfortunately. Just just bald. But you, you think of the, the, the numbers. I mean, Gardner Minshew threw for 3,305 yards. 15, he had a good year. 15 touchdowns and nine picks. Russell Wilson threw for 3,070, 26 touchdowns and eight. Yeah. How are you yeah. going to tell me that's an upgrade? Yeah. I, it's not an upgrade. I mean, the, the Broncos are I, back in this I, quarterback purgatory. Of their own. Yeah, completely of their ways. own design. I, and and, yeah. and it's I, the idea of watching Jameis Winston and Jared Stidham, which, by the way, I still think we're going to get until proven otherwise. I do. I do. I think that's what you're going to get. That would be Sean Payton's ego doing I think that's what you're going to get. And uh, uh, hopefully I'm wrong on that because I don't think that's a particularly successful strategy. But but I I think that's where it's going to go. I mean, I think of the four or five possible scenarios, it's just as likely that they'll end up with Stidham as with any other one. And that's a possibility, too. Uh, I mean, if let's put Stidham there. Let's put uh, Tannehill, Minshew, Bo Nix, Penix. That's five. Well, I think you have to go with one of the rookies. I think you have to. You're going to be bad uh, either way. It depends on when you draft them, though. you got to draft if, one. If you you got to draft if, one. If, if, let, let's say it's not Penix or, or Nix, but it's some other quarterback that they would see at the Senior Bowl this week okay. who would be more like a third or fourth round pick. Well, they could draft somebody in the third or fourth round and not start them. But I agree with you. If they draft a quarterback at number 12 overall, he's got to be the starter. He's got to. But I also think it's the only thing that's going to bring Broncos fans hope. It'll be it'll be intriguing to see what happens. Of course, Senior Bowl this weekend as well. Uh, keep an eye on that for the Broncos. You know, maybe uh, Bo, you know, Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. are both in that. So we will see. Thanks to Kyle Fredrickson for joining us, breaking down the uh, avalanche today. Of course, you can give him a follow at Kyle Fredrickson over there at the Denver Gazette. Make sure you check him out there as well. Great newspaper with uh, a lot of great writers, many of which you get to hear right here on this program. Uh, tomorrow will be a Friday. Not a football Friday because the Pro Bowl doesn't count, but the Super Bowl, we'll end up talking about that as well. The Nuggets will have a, a couple of games coming into the weekend with the Trailblazers, and, of course, we'll check in with the uh, Avs as they hit the break. Again, we'll take a peek here because that's an interesting time, too. So enjoyed spending all the time with you today. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Danny Bailey's in the booth making everything work. Sandy Clough, of course, on my left. We'll be back in just about 22 hours, but you don't have to go anywhere because you're already in the right spot. Thanks for listening to My Life Sports.